Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're you're with us today. This is going to be a lot of fun. My dear friends, I consider our greatest problem, you may have your own ideas, I consider our problem to be the fact that all of the experts that we most trust in the fields of science, business, government, and academia are all altogether clueless about what actually is going on. And in some cases, even worse is the problem that they're so much afraid that they're trying to hide from us whatever truths they do happen to come across or even suspect. But fortunately, there are people of courage who have done the work and are not afraid to speak out. Mark Gober is with us again today for the fifth time. And Mark has emphatically taken taken not one, but a whole fistful of the proverbial red pills. He started out as a Princeton graduate, a tennis champion, and a Silicon Valley investment banker. And then he learned what you and I know, which is that consciousness is a source of reality. And he wrote an end to upside down thinking, dispelling the myth that the brain produces consciousness and the implications for everyday life. He followed that book with an end to upside down living, reorienting our consciousness to live better and save the human species. His third book was an end to upside down liberty, which the the, the subtitle was turning traditional political thinking on its head to break free from enslavement. I, I think I would have loved that book, but we don't do politics on seek reality. So we had to take a pass on that one. But his fourth book is right up our alley. It's called an end to upside down contact. UFOs, aliens, and spirits, and why their ongoing interactions with human civilization matters. And wow, my dear friends, we are about to venture down the rabbit hole together today. Mark, welcome. We're so glad to have you back with us again. Well, thank you so much for having me, Roberta. This this book really needed to be researched, and it needed to be written, and I'm so glad you're the one who did it. The first the whole first part really is going to be well-trod ground for seek reality listeners. The first part, you know, deathbed visions. We've talked about deathbed visions. Do you have anything that you think is probably new or radical for us to think about? I think your audience is probably familiar. The reason that I mentioned deathbed visions and things like it is that the book tries to aggregate the many instances in which human beings have contact with other intelligences, whether it's a being of light, whether it's angels, whether it's uh, deceased relatives, whether it's sometimes demonic beings are described. So that's really the theme of deathbed visions and other phenomena like it. Yeah, because mostly what happens with deathbed visions is our loved ones come to get us because we are as clueless when we leave our bodies at death as we were when we left our mother's bodies when we were born. And as as people know who've been frequent listeners, um, our our loved ones come to get us and they take us where we're going next. So as long as you follow the people who come to to get you, you're you're going to be fine. If you don't, if you go off track, you could become 
what's really commonly called a ghost <laughs> and and be stuck for a while until people come to get you later and we don't want that to happen and the same with shared death experiences often um, or maybe not so often people will end up going part of the way with someone that they love uh, on the on the journey uh, they can't go all the way but they can go part of the way and near-death experiences of course of my particular bugaboo because people who have had a near-death experience don't realize that they're going uh, basically this is like a dream experience in the astral plane but we are attached still to our earthly body and so we don't go to where the dead are we go to the astral it's a general um it's something that actually most people don't understand that we tend to travel in the astral every night while our bodies sleep but we're still attached to our material bodies by what the uh actually by what our ancient ancestors called the silver cord it actually can be seen in dim light um it, the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, 6, mentions it. It's, called, it's mentioned in the Bible. It's called the silver cord. And so we, we don't need to talk much about that either, unless you think we have something new that you've kind of come up with. No, I think your audience is probably familiar. I just want to emphasize when I write these books, I'm writing it for both a spiritual audience, but also for audiences that have never heard of these topics before. So someone like me, six plus years ago, when I didn't know anything about uh, other realms. I was very much an atheist agnostic. I thought life was random and meaningless. So these topics, which to your audience might be very basic, it's life-changing for other people. And that's another reason I wanted to include them and aggregate the evidence in this book. Okay. So, so those are our familiar areas. So now we're going to take a deep dive into new stuff. And so you're going to be our guide. Um, take it over and tell us tell us where you're taking us now. And I and the rest of the book I read pretty deeply. So let's go. Okay. Well, the book is called An End to Upside Down Contact, and it's looking at what are examples of uh, non-human intelligences that human beings are having contact with. And one area is is what you described: deathbed visions, near-death experiences. I call that in the book non-UFO. Contact, but then there's a big chunk of UFO related contact, meaning contact uh, related to an apparent craft, like an actual craft where beings seem to exist. And uh, just to give a general overview, what is reported in this has been reported going way back to uh, ancient history, uh, but also in more recent times, people encounter a variety of species of beings some of which are described as gray aliens, sometimes they're insectoid beings, sometimes they're reptilian beings. And to just give a little bit of credibility to what might sound totally insane, uh, this, <laughs> this topic was studied extensively by uh, Dr. John Mack, who was the head of psychiatry at Harvard, and he was a Pulitzer Prize winner. So about as credible as you could get. And he began to uh, hear about cases of people who claimed they were abducted by some of these beings. And what he concluded after speaking to these people and bringing them under hypnosis, sometimes they had memories uh, without hypnosis, but other times hypnosis helped to unlock other memories. He concluded that they largely were not psychotic and something legitimate was happening. And I'll mention one more thing before I pause, Roberta, that what 
what John Mack was seeing in these alleged abduction cases after talking to many people matches matches what people have described on the psychedelic DMT, particularly in studies by Dr. Rick Strassman at the University of New Mexico. People were given DMT intravenously, dimethyltryptamine, and essentially whatever blockage to the other dimensions that our brain seems to have, this psychedelic un unlocks that filter. And what Dr. Strassman was very surprised to find was that people were describing while their bodies were with him, their consciousness seemed to be going to other dimensions where they were encountering very similar beings and similar experiences to what's described in abduction cases, even some of the similar procedures, uh, which John Mack found very interesting. So I will just pause there because I know I said a lot. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Um, I we don't, in the work that I do, it's, it's surprising, given how much you found of this stuff, it surprises me how little, in doing our afterlife work, how little of it we've encountered. Um, I, I, as I was reading your book, I decided a significant part of it is probably dreams. But no, by no means all of it is dreams. And um, I, I, I'd like you to talk quite a bit more about what you found. Um, and then at, as we come toward the end of our time, I'd like to tell you what we've been told by upper level beings who have wanted us to understand some things that are going on on the earth being done by, um, by, by benevolent beings, which is very reassuring because of some things that are being done by non-benevolent beings, which, uh, which made the interve interventions necessary, which is kind of scary, but the fact is that there that there are interventions happening is comforting. Mm -hmm. um, were, were you told? Have you been told by told what the Greys actually are? Because the Greys are the ones that people most people know about. Well, I've heard various theories, and when I speak about this, I'm not speaking from personal experience, at least none that I remember. So I'm I'm reporting what many other people have said, and I've heard many theories. So some people have said that they might be time travelers from the future. That's one theory I've heard. Um, another theory is that they're just a different species from a, another place and then lots in between. And what have you heard, Roberta? Uh, we've heard that they're organic robots. They're not, they're not, in other words, um, got people. They're, they're not actually, um, uh, they're, they're probes. They're basically uh, not uh, reproducing um, beings. They're, they're, or they're, they're, nobody would trust the, us with an actual being, but they're, they're actually robots. That's what we've been told. Okay. I have heard that. And it is, it matches the description that many people talk about when they're taken aboard these crafts, allegedly. The, the grays are often described in a robotic sense. I don't know if it's real, but that's what we're so. So basically that doesn't that disagree with some of the things you've been told. Yeah, that's that. I think that aligns. And I do also wonder if there are different types of species. Yeah. So, you know, the gray, maybe many of them are robotic, but maybe there's some that are organic. Again, I haven't had the experience. I don't know. And I've just heard so many different stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but but what we're, 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 what we're told is that we're scary to um, most of the beings. There there are a lot of different species in the universe. 
we're told. Um, and there are a lot of different uh, places in the universe where we can choose to incarnate to have different experiences. There are a lot of kinds of beings we can choose to be. There's, uh, um, for example, a planet where the life form, um, I have, it, it, we all know about Bernardo Castrop, who is hysterical. He's really a wonderful person. And uh, I told him that we have been told that there is a, a life, actually a planet where all the life is silica-based and it's so basically it's it's rock forms and it's actually normal only it moves very slowly he said that was interesting because that would be a, a possibility that that it wouldn't be uh that, that, that life could be silica based i, I hmm. don't understand how he would know that but he said that and um i, I which is fascinating to me actually and um if that were the case, then life would move slowly. If it was silica based, think how slowly a rock would move and change. Um, and, and there was another where the, the life was actually intelligent, but it was pond scum. Hmm. Um, and th th nothing, none of nothing like this would be recognizable to us as even possible to be intelligent life. But it, but it, or, or recognizable as intelligent life. But if you, I suppose, if you were evolving and you needed the experiences that could be achieved only by slowing down, then to have to experience life in a very much slower pace, that would be a way to to achieve it, right? To have a, a thousand year life, a lifetime as a rock. Well, that would be a way to achieve it, or. To uh, to have a life as as pond scum, that would be a way to achieve it. I I don't I don't know. I, this is all anecdotal because it's all been given to us as as anecdote, not as not as anything more than that. But it certainly does broaden your mind and freak it out a bit when you're told <laughs> these things. Well, conceptually, it, it does seem possible if we all exists as individuations of a universal consciousness to have a, a vast diversity of experiences. Why would there be a limit on what the type of experience could be? So I'm very open to the many possibilities. And with regard to existences on other planets, even that is something that's come up in past life research. Uh, Dr. Linda Bachman is someone I mentioned in my book who does past life regression hypnosis, and many of her clients spontaneously started talking about lives on other planets as non-human species. And that was actually not something she was interested in initially, but so many of her clients independently described something similar. So conceptually, it aligns with, I think, what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not interested in that either. Uh, but, but nonetheless, if, if we're being told these things, um, we, we certainly need to open our minds perhaps more than we thought we needed to. We ever, ever did need to. Yeah. Um, fascinating to me, just fascinating. But um, some of it was more scary than uh, some of what you learned was more scary than I would have liked to think. Um, a lot of it was experimenting with hybridization of, uh, you know, people being involuntarily involved in hybridization. Talk about that. It is one of the themes that emerges in just so much of the research that I've done. Um, 
John Mack from Harvard talked about this a lot when people talked about these alleged abduction experiences. And I should add that some of the experiences Mack talks about, and he's not the only one, but I like to talk about him because he's so credible. Uh, some of them or seem incredible. To- <laughs> 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 um, but he, he, some of the abductions seem to be on a mental or level of consciousness, sort of like the DMT experience where the body hasn't moved. That was something that Mac observed. The consciousness goes somewhere and has this elaborate experience, but the body doesn't move. In other cases, the body does seem to go. Um, but in any event, what people often describe is that genetic material is taken, sperm and eggs. Sometimes there's insemination. And people describe this hybridization program that is allegedly happening where there is a uh, a being being created that is part human, part alien, whatever the species is. Um, there are many theories as to why this might be happening. Um, in terms of, let me start with some of the evidence, and then I'll talk into talk about the theories. Um, physical evidence is more difficult to come by in this space, and that's why, I mean, as a researcher, it's it's hard to really nail down what's happening. And especially if it's at the level of consciousness and other dimensions, possibly, and maybe like you say, some are in a a dream or a dreamlike state, it's hard to know exactly what's happening. But there are some traces of physical evidence that people talk about. One is there are scars or scoop marks, physical marks on the body that many people seem to have independently that John Mack and others have talked about. Um, Also, there are implants that have been surgically removed and I talk about the, the Dr. Roger Lear is one of the, right. the people That's who's actually weird. removes yes, fascinating right. stuff. And then there's questions. Well, is it necessarily an alien that did that? Because maybe it could have been a government program and right. That's a whole other rabbit hole, but there's um, something yeah. physical and there were, there were strange properties associated with what has been uncovered in some of those implants. Um, also what really fascinates me, they're called phantom pregnancies where a woman becomes pregnant, then the pregnancy disappears, but the pregnancy occurs in a way that does not correspond with a sexual encounter. Even in my book, I mentioned a woman who is a lesbian and hasn't had a sexual encounter with a male and yet was pregnant. And then the pregnancy disappeared. Mm. Uh, So that's, you know, starting to to maybe uh, point to the reality of some, some kind of a hybridization program. But I should also note that looking back, even historically, if you look at, at, ancient literature and ancient lore, there is, there have been many discussions of hybridization or hybridization-like activities where beings come and they, they take genetic material. And in the book, I mentioned uh, Paul Wallace, who was an Australian archdeacon and then began to look at many of these stories all over the world, inc- including some of the biblical stories from this lens that maybe some of the godlike beings were, were just much more advanced and they were working with humans and maybe involved in hybridization back then. So that's just general context. Now, in terms of why this might be happening, if, if we not, if we say, okay, let's suspend disbelief and maybe there is some kind of genetic program happening or maybe programs, why would it be happening? Um, there are two ends of the spectrum that I, that I encountered. One is the really benevolent and one is the more nefarious. The benevolent side is that um, as John Mack said after evaluating many people this is part of an evolutionary insurance program where if humanity destroys itself we will at least have preserved some of our genetics and maybe the genetics of these alien beings through a hybridization program and uh, mary rodwell who's talked to many people in this space as well uh, talks about interplanetary seeding that that the hybrids are used to seed other planets for different evolutionary experiences for consciousness 
And some people come back from these experiences with miracle healings. So they've had an ailment that just goes away. And in many cases, people have a spiritual awakening in a, in a manner that's similar to what happens in near-death experiences. And uh, Kenneth Ring from the University of Connecticut uh, studied a small group of people, uh, but found this to be the case, that there was a, a highly spiritual component to this, even though it could be traumatic for some people. It was so, such a radical worldview shift for them to have this experience that there was a spiritual change. So that's more on the benevolent side. On the, on the darker side of this, uh, Dr. David Jacobs from Temple University has been evaluating people just like John Mack has. Uh, but John Mack passed away in 2004, and David Jacobs had, has been evaluating many of these alleged abductees after that period, too. And what he found is that the stories people were telling started to shift slightly, that, yes, there was a hybridization program, just like many people have talked about, many similar features to the abduction experience that he saw. But the the purpose behind the hybridization, what he was being told, was more nefarious, that these beings, whoever they are, maybe it's a sub-segment of a species. I don't know if it's if we can generalize this, but what he was finding is that it's about planetary acquisition, that the beings want to essentially blend in and uh, take over the planet for whatever reason. So I, I will just pause there because I know I, I said it a lot again. <laughs> Well, no, there, there has, there, there is a concern um, that things could go very wrong on this planet. Um, that's uh, well. Per, first, I, I have to tell kind of a funny story about the um, uh, about the planet. Uh, have you ever heard of the planet Marduk? Yes, in the ancient lore about the base of the origin of of Earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th- I I don't know if this is this is where the uh, the um, the the asteroid belt came from, but the the story is that the planet Marduk is was the asteroid belt. Um, the planet Marduk was a very advanced planet, and they inadvertently blew themselves up, and it became the asteroid belt. But meanwhile, they had colonized. A couple of the planets, uh, one of them was Mars and the other was Earth, which then had very, prim- and the, the colonies on Mars did not succeed, but the colonies on Earth did. And they, they uh, blended with the primitive beings on, that, were, that were then on Earth and uh, seeded the Earth. And we are all basically descendants of the Marduckians and the primitive uh, Earthlings. That's the story. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I think yeah. it's a funny story. Um, but anyway, the 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 uh, what what we were told, and I don't remember. I th- these are the things that you pick up during during um, various conferences, and we there were at one point there were a lot of these conferences we were having, and then of course came. Um, COVID, and I think this even was even before COVID, we stopped having so many conferences. But but the story was that the 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 vibrations of the Earth had lowered so much that we that there were very negative um, beings not from Earth, and it, it kind of creeped me out when you were talking about. The the reptilians who were trying to look normal when they really don't look normal, but there were reptilian um, non-human beings that were milking the earth for negativity and sowing um, uh, uh, 
wars on earth and we got that's the reason we had so many wars and so much negativity during the 20th century and it it really um freaked out the uh, upper level beings when we actually exploded an atomic bomb in warfare and at that point um the arcturians basically took over um and the arcturians are the ones with the big triangular um ships and the arcturians are a race of perfected beings they're they they're from the this there's our i guess arcturus is a star and they have they're so perfected they've abandoned their planet they're all uh you know living in the astral at this point and they are now protecting the earth from from the from reptilians from a whole bunch of beings which were trying to milk the the earth for negativity which they feed on and now we are being protected by these these what perfected beings in these these triangular ships and and, and ever that's one reason we have so many of the greys because everyone's so afraid of us they can't even come to earth instead they send send the greys to, mm-hmm. to earth to try, to try to to shape us up but they they have resolved that we will never again after we exploded those two atomic bombs, never use uh, an atomic bomb in warfare. And you'll notice we never have. Ever since um, they were used in Japan, they've never been used, but they've been prevented repeatedly from being used. Apparently, there, are, there have been sightings of attempts to use um, atomic bombs that have always been defeated. And there, I've even heard of reports of of. of um, missiles that came out of nowhere and took out um, missiles that were going to be used to to um, explode atomic bombs. I don't know if any of that's true. Yeah. Well, it aligns with a lot of what I've been researching, Roberta. And in the book, I, I have a section on UFOs and nukes. So it aligns with this. Uh, Robert Hastings has studied this phenomenon for a few decades, interviewing people at nuclear weapons facilities where very strange things seem to happen. That's exactly what they said. They, they're, <laughs> and, they're making sure we are never going to get even close. Yeah. Yes, right. And what he found, and this is what people were reporting based on their experience at these facilities, and they were freaked out when it happened, is that the weapons were either being turned off without their control or turned on and then turned off without their control. And what Hastings said is, well, this, this was their, these beings, these advanced beings, their way of saying, like, stop messing around with it. Um, Another theory that's related to this is uh, comes from uh, Philip Corso Jr. Who's the son of Philip Corso who wrote the famous book, the day after Roswell, he claims to have been involved in a program for research and development of technology at the Roswell crash in 1947. And a lot of that technology, if you believe the story, has made it into our world today. But in any case, he passed away and his son is still out speaking and claims that his father knew Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb. And what Teller told his father was something along the lines of the following, that the the uh, nuclear explosions impact other dimensions where these other beings exist. So when we detonated the explosion, these other dimensions were impacted and therefore the being started to take a greater interest in what's happening on Earth. Yeah, apparently um, ixnay on the atomic bombs. They're not going to let us do it again, which is very comforting, don't you think? <laughs> I think that's very nice. Yeah. They're making the kids grow up. I think that's very <laughs> really wonderful. It, it feels to me like they're they're intervening 
before something gets really bad, but at the same time, they're letting us grow and allowing us to make our own decisions and make our own mistakes so that we can evolve. But the level of the mistake maybe is going to be capped. I think that's just fabulous. You know, thank you, Arcturians. I think that's just (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Um, I think that's great. No, seriously, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and it's important, at least in my own development, to just know that these things are happening. Um, We don't always have control over a lot of these bigger forces, but acknowledge that they exist. For me, it's just been helpful for context. And I also think that, that while all of these other things are happening around us, and I end the book with this this theme, that the, our own personal spiritual journey is still paramount, that we have the ability to tap into the goodness in the universe and try to harness that within us rather than to tap into some of the darker stuff. So to me, the the responsibility is still on us as individuals and a bunch of individuals collectively within this planet to try to enhance our own evolution. It, it's giving us the time and the space in which to grow. Yeah. And exactly. learn to act like grownups. I, th- I think that's very reassuring. You know, I, I, I saw that in your book. I just, I didn't see that you had mentioned the Arcturians. I just wanted to make sure we got that in there. The only time I mentioned them was in the section on channeling when the, I mentioned the different types of beings. Um, but I, I have heard theories like this, Roberta. I've heard so many different ideas. And in the book, I just, I limited it to certain areas and wanted to focus on you know, various researchers, but you know, there, I've heard lots of stuff like this. That's great. I think that's great. It's, it's, um, no, I think the book is wonderful and it's a great summary of how much of this there is going on. <laughs> I know I mean, most people have no idea going about their ordinary lives, unless it's impacting you or somebody, you know, you have no idea how much of this there is going on. It's incredible. It's mind blowing. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really, as I was researching this book, it's, it's it, kind of disorienting to realize yeah. how much exists beyond my ordinary experience. And that probably goes for so many people too, because I haven't had these direct experiences. It's just like um, the lid is blown open. Um, and before Literally. you go on, I, w- I wanted to add something that it's related to the Arcturians probably, but it's a- along these lines, the, what's known as the, inter- uh, the Galactic Federation. That was something that came up a lot in my research, uh, an apparently benevolent group of beings that is watching over. And this was actually reported in NBC News, believe it or not, in 2020 by the head of the Israeli Space Directorate, who said that there is this Galactic Federation and even yes. remote viewers at the Farsight Institute, where they were remote viewing uh, past events and sometimes future events. What they find is that these uh, interdimensional extraterrestrial beings are showing up very often, including a Galactic Federation, which uh, Dr. Courtney Brown from Emory University, who runs the Farsight Institute, said that this federation seems to be benevolent but they're limiting the extent to which they intervene because they want us to voluntarily uh, interact on the planet so that we can grow. There there is apparently a record of at least one um, planet that was very positively regarded in the, in the greater universe that ended up blowing itself up. And they, they want to make sure we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically it's a, it was a cautionary tale. And that's one reason they're being so careful of us. They they don't want us to go that that route, but but they they do want to give us 
the space to make small mistakes. They just don't want us to make that big one. And, uh, and, and that's why they're, they're, uh, they're trying to intervene to the extent of keeping us from doing that, making the biggest mistake. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. This is a fascinating book. I really <laughs> recommend that people read this book because it, it's a summary. If, if you haven't been following along closely with what we've been talking about in our field, the first part of the book is a good summary of that. But but the second part will really, you know, it'll it'll blow your mind because uh, I haven't been closely following the news in the area of of extraterrestrial stuff. But th- this is all consistent with the, with what I've come into contact with sort of tangentially. I just didn't realize how much of it there was. Yeah. And and, uh, and yes, the grays, I'm pretty certain are non intelligent. Um, it's, it's it's sort of go ahead ten or twenty years. We'll be making them too. They're 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 uh, organic robots. Mm-hmm. They're so so they're not metal, but they're but they're robots all the same. They're they're made out of organic stuff, but they're not they're they're not intelligent. They're they're artificially intelligent organic things. Um, they're it's. It's they, they they creep me out completely to think of them, but that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, well, when people have encountered them, like I said, they describe them as robotic, but also they seem to have a lack of empathy that they're just they don't have like empathy. You say. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. You 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 can't relate to them as if they were an an intelligent, but they're but they have artificial intelligence to some extent. Exactly, exactly. Oh my word. But so, so you, what, you don't know what the next, cause already you've completely blown my mind going from uh, three piece suits to where you are now. You don't know what's next for Mark. No. I mean, I wrote my first book and I remember this was back in 2018 when it was published and people said, what are you going to write about next? And I couldn't even imagine that I would write a second book. So here we are. <laughs> I've written four books. Right. I'm surprised. And each time I do it, I, I say, maybe I'll never write a book again because I can't imagine that I would have something that I'm so interested in where there's enough information to make it an interesting book. And that's kind of where I am. But I'm always, I mean, even though in this book, I talk about many different areas, I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. And I feel like I know, I feel less informed in a way because now these other rabbit holes opened up and I don't really feel like I understand them. Yeah. Oh, there are so many rabbit holes you would not believe. I mean, that's how I have felt, too. There are so many rabbit holes in my area. That's what's so wonderful about researching life after death, because there's it's just like if you were going to research life. I mean, try try to think about researching the reality that you live in. How many rabbit holes are there in that? Yeah, exactly. There are so many you could go down and you'd never, ever even find the bottom of each one of them. It's so amazing how much there is to know. And it's all fascinating. It's, it's just, it's just incredible. It's wonderful. Well, what I've tried to do, Roberta, is to surrender in the sense that I just, I follow where my intuition and passions are guiding me. And I feel like there's an intelligence behind that. If I look at it in hindsight, some of the things happened too perfectly and aligned too well. So I try to keep that in mind. And I do think there is guiding intelligence behind our lives if we allow it to just flow. So that's the perspective. Yeah, that's the perspective I'm taking without knowing what's next. Yep, of course there is. Well, you have a spirit guide who is 
really enjoying guiding you, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's having a lot of fun with this, or she, because usually they're cross-gender. So you probably have a female spirit guide. Well, I will tell you this. Before I sit down to write all of my books, even I did this before my first book, I... I don't even know if you want to say call in, but I acknowledge that there are these other intelligences out there that know much more than me and invite them to work through me, that I will be a conduit for whatever is going to be of the highest service. And I know that there's a higher intelligence. Yeah. Yes. That is so smart. I will. I want to be a conduit. Let me be a channel. Oh, of course. What a smart idea that is. What? What, what do you want people to take away from hearing us today? What, 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 what do you hope that they will take and learn from what we've said? Well, my quest since the beginning has been to get to the truth because I my worldview shifted so dramatically when I realized that there were other dimensions, life after death, psychic phenomena. That was such a huge paradigm shift for me. But it was really just the beginning of trying to understand life. And that's been my quest So I hope that this conversation helps to open listeners' minds as to the nature of reality. And to me, learning more about the nature of reality can't be a bad thing. It's always probably good to have more granularity to understand our surroundings and how that impacts each individual. I don't know exactly, because in some sense, like I said before, and like the way I closed the book, it is our individual spiritual journey to do the work ourselves. And that doesn't change. But being aware of our surroundings and knowing more about maybe our history and maybe even our own genetics, there's so much that we don't even know. Like you were saying before, uh, there's junk DNA, which makes up the the majority of our genome uh, that we don't even know ourselves as a biological species yet. And maybe there's something important to scratching the surface in these areas to get to our true history. Yeah. And and a lot of that they're finding out is not junk at all. It's just that they didn't understand what it was. Exactly. Right. (laughs) And, and hey, that was pretty important stuff. We should just have stopped and studied it more before we thought we should just throw it away. No, it's it's true. It's true. We're only really scratching the surface of understanding even who we are and what we are. It's only the beginning. It's quite amazing. All of it is so amazing. And, and uh, yeah, I feel as if I've only just begun my work. And, uh, you know, here I am already old. I mean, it's it's a... Uh, the old saying too soon old too late smart is so true but fortunately it's not true for you because you're only just beginning and that's what's so exciting about your life it really is it's fun to be it's fun to be your age and still only just just really scratching the surface but know that you have well begun i think that's very very exciting and and uh but i i tell even people who are old you know, you, there there's so much you can learn in such a short time nowadays. The internet frees people from having to go walk into a library and say, oh, where do I start? The internet is a library in just a little tiny space. That's a wonderful thing. Most people in history have had no idea how to even get started with research. Yeah. But you have it in your hand now. What a wonderful well, thing that is. For me, that what you just said is how I started. I mean, I I was listening to podcasts initially six years ago in 2016. And that's how this began. And I heard so many different stories of people with afterlife, after death communications and things like that, that I realized, wow, I mean, to actually hear all those voices and hear the sincerity and then to look up the science and to be able to really for free just with the internet and then access to books. And um, the information is there for those who are willing to put in the time. 
People have no idea what wealth that is. Everybody is rich now. It's, it's just, I cannot begin to tell you what a joy it is to be able to do all that research. And as you point out, it's free. Everybody is a trillionaire today. I mean, I can remember when you had to get, you had to open books and you had to read words. I can remember when you had to use file cards in, in gigantic rooms with nothing but cards in them. You don't have to do that now. So everybody, everybody get out there and just open your computer and you could, you have the world at your feet. And as you point out, you've got podcasts. People have done this research. I mean, it took me 50 years to learn what people can learn in an afternoon. I think that is just such an amazing thing. And, and what a, what a, what a joy that is. So I can't wait to hear. I want you to let me be the first person to, who finds out what your next book is going to be. about. Okay. Okay. okay, if there is one, Roberta, we'll see. We'll oh, see. guaranteed, there's going to be a book. I, okay. I, Mark, I know for sure there's going to be a book, and I want to be the first person who gets to interview you about it. So, let me know. All deal, right. deal. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Guaranteed, I want to be the first one. <laughs> and so, and, and and but but seriously, um, I think this book is wonderful, and I hope you get a lot of people reading your book because. Um, this is something which is going to be big news. People, the, 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 people are going to find out that suddenly this has been happening all around them and they didn't know. It's just like the afterlife. One day people are going to realize this is something that's happening all the time. It's grandma's going to die or someone they love is that's close to them. Their own age is going to die. And suddenly they're going to realize they should know this stuff. And it, it opens up a whole world of knowledge to them. And um, read Mark's book and, it, and you'll know about it now. And I think that's really very important, Mark. So great. I'm so grateful you're with us today. Thank you so much. Consider yourself hugged. Oh, hugging you back. And thank you again for inviting me. And I would also add that what I try to do in these books is to include many, many sources because my books, I, I consider them to be like a starting point. I try to summarize a lot of research. But looking through the end notes and the bibliography, that can hopefully uh, enhance people's journeys if they're interested in going further. Wonderful, wonderful, terrific. Yeah, that's all great. I always use the bibliographies are a wonderful short source. When you when um, that's how I started actually is the bibliographies to the books I was reading. That opens a whole new world for anybody who is interested in any of these wonderful topics. So everyone, again, we've come to the end of our time. But this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we'll be talking with Jacob Cooper, who had an unusual near-death experience when he was just a child. And he wrote a charming book called Life After Breath. Children who have NDEs are given very special treatment when they're out of their bodies. And Jacob has used what he learned when he was a child to build a beautiful life serving others. So please join us and hear his story. This week, we've been talking with my delightful friend, Mark Gober, who has been with us today for the fifth time. We've watched this brilliant young man become zanier and zanier in his pursuits. He was, believe it or not, a button-down Wall Street type in the beginning. And then he started with an end upside 
upside down thinking. This is a great book. You've got to read this one too. There he joined us in accepting the basic fact that consciousness is the source of reality. He helped us blow a hole right through all the traditional scientific notions about consciousness. And by now he is writing about extraterrestrials. I'm sorry. Mark is right about everything. His latest book is called An End to Upside Down Contact, UFOs, Aliens, and Spirits, and Why Their Ongoing Interaction with Human Civilization Matters, and it does. It matters a lot. Mark Gober and some others who have been our guests are on the leading edge of helping all of us to lead the Luddite, Luddite scientific community into the glorious new dawn of the 20th century, where they can be welcomed by Max Planck, Albert Einstein and others who will gently break to them the news that consciousness is in fact the source of everything so they can stop wasting fortunes trying to find a source for consciousness inside the human brain. And Albert and Max and our friend Mark will break to them the unfortunate news that science has pretty much wasted an entire century throwing research money at the wall. And then they'll hand them Mark Gober's Bernardo Castrops and other geniuses books to help them catch up. <laughs> I'm sad to say it's time now to mention once again, that seek reality online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself what really is going on and learn the fact that you truly are. You truly are a powerful eternal being and it is impossible for you ever to die. And the Afterlife Research and Education Institute is Seek Reality Online's great nonprofit cousin. Both of, both of them are headed by our beautiful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. G Craig is the sole living person who is most on top of everything afterlife and greater reality. And ARI puts out a beautiful monthly newsletter. And actually now there's also a newsletter for SRO as well. Just go to afterlifeinstitute.org and sign up to learn as much as you can from the man who remains my primary teacher. As you know, my own nonfiction books are liberating Jesus, my Thomas, the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever, the fun of living together, and very soon now, the fun of loving Jesus, embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, there is the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you ever want to talk about any of my books or about anything at all, you can contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer all my emails, but just please be sure to give me your correct email address so it doesn't bounce back to you. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever podcasts are found. Or some people just tell me that they listen each week through the Seek Reality app that you can find for free wherever free apps are found. I thought I used to say in the iTunes app store, but I've learned you can get it anywhere. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, which we all share and love in together. Always know that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular in all the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. 
Knowing the truth changes everything.